0: April eleventh, twenty thirteen. Episode ten Cyprus Theft and Federal Encroachment. As always, welcome, and hopefully welcome back. Also, if this is the first time that you've ever heard me and you like what you hear, make sure to go by the website at mad-yet.blogspot.com. There you'll be able to find simple and easy links to our material on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and on iTunes. Now let's go see what I had to say in my new article. Firstly, I'd like to start off by apologizing for not writing or talking recently. Um, But I don't do this for cash or attention. I do this when it needs to be done. I also want to sit back and watch. I want to see how things play out before I go shooting from the hip when it comes to subjects like this. The subject I speak of is Cyprus, and more specifically, the theft of its citizens' personal wealth. Yes, I said theft because a haircut undermines your intelligence. We all know what happened, and if you don't, you should. Firstly, I want to make a comparison to a common creature that you may know of, that being the wolf. They're funny creatures. Alone, they're fearful of pushing boundaries, and they'll stay hidden in the shadows and behind brush whenever they can. But in packs, they get bold and even arrogant. They circle their prey. They push the boundaries of the prey that they target, Moving in from the sides, the back, and even directly from the front if they think they can get away with what they want. Why do I say this? Very simply put, bankers are no different than wolves in my opinion. Bankers just wear nice suits, dresses, colognes and perfumes. They smile and say welcome to my bank when you walk in. And for that, IF you walk in, these bankers are predatory and slick they see anyone that walks through the front doors as prey and they are patient and calculating. They infect communities with free toasters and gift cards for local stores to entice new customers in. They see you as nothing more than sheep for the culling. Today there are tons of internet banks that are making brick and mortar banks work harder and harder to stay open. This gives the brick and mortar banks the excuse to lower your savings interest and increase or create fees that they promptly charge you to increase their profits to compete with these internet banks. The internet banks work in digits, not cash. It is a disturbing trend that has grown in recent years, and one you should be aware of. Now think about this for a moment. These banks only have a phone number to call if something goes wrong. What would you do if something went horribly wrong, like in Cyprus? Do you find this disturbing? You should. Now ask yourself one more question. What is to stop these banks from transferring all your money overseas and simply shut down their websites, turn off their phones and vanish into thin air? Do I have your attention yet? On to other matters like Cyprus and bailouts. To me and to many in the financial fields the events in Cyprus are a modern culture milestone for many reasons. It is the first time the banks have just outright said we're going to take your money and they got away with it. This is precedent setting. It goes to show that the banks are not capitalistic. It directly shows that they believe in socialistic fixes when things don't go their way. It verifies that they will do whatever they think is necessary to balance their books, up to and including stealing directly from your savings. If you put the events of 2008 into the mix and debate it, you can clearly argue that the banks are a fascistic and parasitic entity that are not capitalistic in nature. If they were, they would believe in bankruptcy because there are no guarantees in business unless you have a politician in your pocket to force the government to bail you out. Bonds, IRAs, and stocks were always things people feared and when they did, they simply put their money into a simple savings account hoping it could make it through the market turmoil. But now, not even that is safe. Is a rapid and ever-frightful departure from normal banking practices that drive a wedge into the social trust agreement between customers and financial entities that hasn't been fully realized yet by many. But some customers do, and they're now draining their accounts as fast as they can. They are buying safes and arming up to secure the things that the banks promise to, but obviously have other intentions for your money. Now, I talked about bank runs in my recent articles and if you paid particular attention you can see the effect that such an event can have on communities politics and even entire nations think about it for a minute how long could you last if your bank shut down for two weeks did you see the aftermath of hurricane sandy and even katrina your normal run-of-the-mill family is not prepared for such an event and in all reality doesn't want to admit it but it could happen to anyone anywhere don't believe me Ask any family in Cyprus right now, and then maybe you can open your eyes to what these banks are doing. If your bank shut down, food, medicine, fuel, and ammo become real assets in a matter of seconds, not days. You should take an afternoon and really look at your own situation. That being said, I'm not a prepper in any real sense of the word, but I am prepared for moderate events. And you should do some research to find out what you need to focus on in your own life if something like Cyprus happened here at home. What if your neighbor was to think of you as a target instead of a friend if such events came to your community? Cyprus was a shot across the bow and a warning to everyone that uses banks. It's a wake-up call and a chance for everyone to understand what G. Edward Griffin has been telling us for years about the criminal, parasitic, and fascistic organizations and governments that use fractional reserve banking. We have allowed it to undermine our nation's sovereignty, steal our citizens' wealth, and enslave future generations to a lifetime of debt that they can't possibly pay off. It's a Ponzi scheme designed to create more debt than wealth. It's inherently flawed from its very foundation, and they know it. Here are some more things that I'm watching. I have watched several things over the last few weeks, and I have to say the following stories are concerning. First... Bloomberg's $12 million ad blitz, pushing gun control. This is a last-ditch effort for Democrats trying to use the dead bodies of children to their advantage to demonize an inanimate object, not the criminal who did the crime, and criminalize an activity that is as much American heritage as apple pie and baseball. Next, we have Russia, banning cash transactions over $10,000. Capital controls are being put in place. You should seriously ask why. You should also wonder when they will come here. Next, we have France, to tax companies on salaries over $1.3 million equivalent to U.S. funds. Straight up theft from hardworking people. Removing incentive to innovate or try harder to make things better. After that, we have CNBC. Says it, Cyprus-like savings confiscation, can't happen in U.S. Probably being the key word. Those in power know they have lied to you so much, they left this report open to interpretation. They know people have lost faith in banks. You should ask yourself, when mainstream news agencies tell you it can't happen, is it about to? The next one's a doozy. California's state auditor claims the state has a net worth of $127.2 billion. Yeah, with a B, folks. And to top that off, A U.S. bankruptcy judge just allowed the city of Stockton, California, to file for bankruptcy. Pile on other cities having the same problem, and you have what is called a trend, folks. A frightening trend that needs to be addressed. And lastly, Homeland Security. Purchasing more ammunition and refusing to answer Congress as to why. At this point, DHS has amassed a large enough amount of ammunition to sustain a full-on direct war in any theater for 20 years or more. People are starting to get nervous and in some sort of antagonistic rebuttal there is a Rand Corporation report stating that DHS plans on absorbing the army. Now, not to beat a dead horse, but it's growing distinctly apparent that DHS is stockpiling way too much equipment, ammo and information and needs to be broken up or removed entirely. It's literally buying armored vehicles to be used inside the cities within the borders of the United States. DHS is in direct violation of the Posse Comitatus Act if they absorb the army, because this makes DHS a direct branch of the armed services, as far as I'm concerned. If this doesn't get your senator's attention, I don't know what will. And if this doesn't get your attention, then you are part of the problem, and you deserve what you get when they put the boot to your throat. And to put some socialist icing on that Marxist and fascistic cake and rub it in your face... DHS has decided to purchase $50 million in new uniforms amidst the sequester, while other departments get furloughs and other jobs are gone forever. From a mere glance, you can't possibly say this seems even remotely fair or good for our economy. This is money that could have been put into millions of other programs or infrastructure projects, yet wasn't. These are things you need to be capable of seeing and saying something about, especially if you were one of the ones furloughed. Or one of the workers that lost your job. And as an oh by the way, how about dear old Janet Napolitano upgrading Saudi citizens to trusted traveler status and allowing knives on planes? Think about this for a minute. You can now have a knife on a plane, but God forbid you have a bottle of baby formula. Does this not strike anyone as somewhat out of place? Considering the amount of security and political theater that has been put in place, there is a difference in security and security theater, and you are seeing security theater in action today, folks. And I'm going to hit on a little bit more about guns. Now, onto a subject that even Snopes.com, a website dedicated on discovering and distributing the truth among internet rumors, has had some problems quashing. That subject is HR 347. This bill makes it illegal to protest near the Secret Service, basically making free speech impossible. I can understand why this is a subject that annoys and angers many, because it's bills like this that lead to banning free speech sometime down the road. There are three stages to your rights being stolen. First they demonize it, then they make it illegal, and then they ban it. They are already on stage two in this case. How long until stage three is upon us? I mention HR 347 because the same three-step process is being used against gun owners to accomplish gun control. And a shocking report that in Connecticut, open gun confiscation has already happened from a Navy veteran due to a simple doctor's visit. Now understand, according to this veteran, he had spinal pain and wanted a doctor's visit to utilize the benefits he earned by his service in the US Navy. To reiterate, the visit he requested was for a pain management specialist for a spinal injury. The Veterans Administration responded by demanding a mental health evaluation. Now ask yourself this, why would you need a mental health evaluation for a spinal pain injury? These are the questions you need to be asking because these are the questions they don't want you to ask. This interview can be found on my blog as I've linked it to George Hemminger and his interview with this Navy veteran who had his guns confiscated. Now, news is news to me. I don't care where I get it. I know not everything is valid. I understand George Hemminger has his own way of life, and it's one that's probably considered alternative to many Americans. But I ask you this. All of that aside, and after listening to the phone interview with this U.S. Navy veteran, should this situation concern you? I say absolutely. This could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been someone you love. And if warrantless searches and seizures don't bother you, then no one can or should help you when this beast we call the federal government turns its gun inwards on you, in my personal opinion. This case, if validated, is a breach of so many laws it's inconceivable. This man's privacy was ignored, The Fourth Amendment was blatantly violated in an effort to further expand an overreaching, invasive, pre-crime, liberal, nanny-state, snitch culture that is aberrant to anyone that understands what liberty is. At this point, many feel they can't trust anyone. Teachers, priests, doctors, daycare workers, even your neighbors are being indoctrinated, and the pervasive and overreaching grasp of the federal government makes such reports even more alarming. In closing, I want to spotlight a story that should show you how scared the liberal federal government is of losing power. They are trying to get rid of sheriffs who protect your rights by pushing legislation to fire sheriffs who defy unconstitutional federal gun laws. The CSPOA is a group of sheriffs and police chiefs across America who are saying no, loud and clear, to gun control measures from an encroaching federal government. These men and women are trying to protect your enumerated constitutional rights. Unfortunately for the feds, these sheriffs are elected by we the people locally. The federal government doesn't have, nor can they assume the right to remove your local elected officials. If they do, it's tantamount to a coup d'etat, and such action would demand violent reaction from we the people. Such a thing is exactly what they seem to be trying to instigate, according to many. What these men and women are doing is trying to prevent the loss of liberty for everyone and prevent violent civil reaction to encroaching federal laws that violate your constitutional rights. They should be saluted as modern-day heroes as far as I'm concerned. I applaud them for their actions, and they deserve your support in my opinion. This all brings to memory a simple quote, one from the time of the Enrollment Act, also known as the Civil War Military Draft Act in 1863. The quote goes as follows. A rich man's war is a poor man's fight. This was a slogan against conscription during the American Civil War. And if you don't know what conscription is, it's slavery. Kind of ironic that they would be using slavery to fight against slavery, wouldn't you think? That's because the Civil War wasn't all about slavery. It was about money and power. And who held it? This singular quote summarizes war in general in my personal opinion. Canadian or Sudanese, Chinese or French, American or Russian, we all have the same singular desire. To survive. Only politicians and bankers want chaos and war. It is during such times that they profit the most. You can quote me on that. Please share this with anybody you think needs a wake-up call. I want to thank everybody for their support. Keep checking in. My posts are going to be a little bit sporadic, probably until the fall due to personal issues, but I will keep talking and I will keep pointing it out when I see something wrong.